our heavenly father looks on us and sees the perfect blood of Jesus for those of us that are redeemed in Christ. And that is freedom to go and to do what the Lord has put on our heart. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Filter. Our world can be a confusing place to live in, and what I seek to do on this show is to equip you to live with biblical clarity in our chaotic world, so that you can face the chaos of life with wisdom, integrity, and courage. My guest today is someone who has been an incredible exemplar of uh, Christian courage in life, and that is uh, Mr. Nathan Spearing. Nathan Spearing is a former Army Ranger uh, who has extens- who had extensive uh, combat experience in special operations for the Army, uh, spanning over a 14-year career. But he left it all behind with a uh, pretty large enlistment bonus and, with- and just a few years away from getting a government, pen- government pension for life. Uh, he stepped away from all of that because he wanted to dedicate himself to uh, his family and building up his home through giving himself in service to his local church and community through entrepreneurship uh, and then taking the lessons that he had learned through his experiences in the military and so on and applying them to the Christian life today so that other believers who are living in our confusing, chaotic life might learn how to live with boldness and with courage. Nathan is just a really awesome guy. Uh, I enjoyed getting to have a conversation with him for this episode. Uh, he has some really incredible experiences and a great, unique perspective on life uh, that I think a lot of us can have uh, can gain a lot of insight from. Before we get into the episode, though, let me encourage you while you're here to subscribe to the show if you have not yet already. Subscribe if you're watching this on uh, YouTube. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever it is, make sure you subscribe so that whenever we release any future episodes like this great episode today, you'll be automatically notified by getting that downloaded into uh, your podcast app or through getting a, uh, a getting it into your YouTube page. Also, if you enjoy this episode, you could really help us out by just leaving a rating, giving it a like on YouTube, uh, or giving it a share to social media, or leaving us a rating review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you're listening. Doing things like that really helps out to uh, help other people get to know about Filter and spread the message of biblical clarity and courage in life that we're trying to spread on here. Those few things can really help us out, and so I'd appreciate it if you would do that. Without any further delay, let's get into this great conversation that I got to have with Nathan Spearing. Nathan, welcome to the podcast. It's great to be here. Yeah, well, I'm really glad that you made the time to join us today on Filter. Uh, I've been looking forward to this conversation ever since I I came across you on on social media and uh, you were on the podcast, which uh, we had Glenn Sunshine over here on Filter before, and I'm a follower of podcast, and so... uh, listened to your episode there and really enjoyed it. And I thought I want to get Nathan on filter. So, uh, so thanks for making the time, man. I've been looking forward to this. No, it's my pleasure. I think, uh, there's a little bit of, uh, of nerves going with the, with the caliber and, and education and, and, uh, intelligence of your guests. So hopefully I can, I can keep it on, on, on level and, and, and provide, it'll be a good conversation. Oh yeah, well I think we're gonna have a good time, and and I think the the our, the listeners are gonna love this episode. And uh, 
you know, just as they get to know you, uh, I think is going to be really great. Let's just start off by, uh, you know, rather than me telling them who you are, I'll, I'll let you tell us. So, so tell us about your, yourself, your story, uh, your, your background. You've got a really, really cool story and background uh, and then where that's led you to today. So tell us about yourself. Well, I was uh, born and raised in northern Alabama. Uh, my, my parents were uh, Christians. They're, my mom and dad both grew up in, in believing households. And, and so they, they walked out their faith um, in a real way. And my dad's an engineer, um, started his own business. And so that, that at an early age kind of shaped our, our family culture. And um, I'm the oldest of seven children. I have five younger sisters and a younger brother. And we were, we were homeschooled for the entirety of our education, all of us through, through high school. And I did a, a brief stint working for a, for a congressional campaign um, after high school, but then joined the Army um, about eight to 10 months after graduating high school, and then did almost 14 years uh, in special operations and uh, 12 deployments throughout that time. I, I got married uh, after the third deployment. So did another nine deployments married um, throughout that time. We had uh, five children and kind of was at a, at a point with the military career. There's a, you know, kind of the 20 year mark for the, the majority of the military population is kind of that, that coveted mark where you can, you can then leave military service with a pension, you know, a lifetime pension with, with medical benefits, with, with a, with a pay um, that comes in kind of in perpetuity and kind of was, was conflicted individually as I was in, in, involved in kind of this, this massive bureaucratic, bureaucratic government entity. Um, I would, would argue the most functional of the government entities just because of how closely it's tied to the r- real life, like the life and death nature of what the Department of Defense has to deal with, kind of, um, well, maybe until recent times has has made it a little bit uh, more uh, resistant to political experiment because because just you can't deny the the end state of certain policies if there's not a, a focus on on proficiency and technical readiness. So, but was still you know individually frustrated by that you know, essentially a, a corporate bureaucratic culture and, and the, the management, the, the leadership. And, and because of what was causing me to miss on the home front. And, you know, I was, I was every time that I deployed after having children, it felt more significant to me to be saying goodbye to a five-year-old, a three-year-old, you know, an eight-year-old, um, you know, and, 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 in, in the significance of what I was missing in their life contrasted with my effectiveness within kind of this massive organization. And I just, I had conflicting feelings about that and just kind of felt that the Lord was calling me to kind of forsake this, this pension, this kind of long-term uh, um, institutionalized kind of identity for the family, for the home. Um, and, and I, you know, I've shared before, I felt 
pretty, pretty good about myself. I'm, I'm, I'm sacrificing this pension. Um, I'm doing it for the right reasons. I was in, integrated with my church. I had a lot of great relationships locally. I, I had a vision for, for being present in the community, working in the community. Um, but then just, you know, small business um, for the first 18 months to two years. And, and it was just a slugfest of, of me realizing that I, even though I was in special operations, I, I, there's a lot of parts of me that were not special and elite that, that I had, you know, certain skill sets that were really good, but I was actually integrated into a, a great organization that, that made up for a lot of shortcomings that I had. And it just really, um, also just how much enjoyment I had with the work. And then now I was slugging it out in small business, trying to turn a profit. I, I had 365 days now that I'm present with my wife and kids and seeing how pathetic I was at living out a sacrificial leadership role of imaging the heavenly father to, to my kids. And, and just, I mean, it was, it was the most difficult time of my life. And, but then, you know, in, in hindsight, the most rewarding and, and, and most uh, concentrated learning, concentrated sanctification uh, and just the graciousness of the heavenly father to, to grow and to, to, to not break me, but to, to strip a bunch of idolatry that I kind of had harbored as a, a special operations soldier entering small business and just realizing how I'd kind of got into this, this cycle of I'm home for three weeks, four weeks, but, but then I'm going to get to go and do a pretty cool uh, training trip, or I'm going to go and do these, these, these secret missions that, that everybody culturally, you know, uh, it gives credit to and, and thinks to be noble. And I didn't have kind of those lollipops anymore. I didn't have those, those getaways, those breaks that I could kind of, de de you know, disconnect and be a super soldier. God's gift to freedom, you know, like these kind of things that, 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 that kind of can, can fester at that grassroots level individually when you're in that special operations community and, and God to just, you know, very steadily strip that from me and, and really provide no place for me to blame anybody else, but myself as, you know, a, a single member LLC, who can I blame, you know, but me and, and having to, to own those mistakes and and at the same time feel like i was being the worst husband and father uh ever and almost you know kind of sought out maybe i need to take kind of a contract job where i can deploy so that my family can get a break from this jerk you know and maybe i can make some money and not go bankrupt you know um and and working through that and and ultimately turning down uh you know six figure contract job that would have was basically four or five times what i was making at that point as a as a floundering general contractor and, and, and realize that I, I'm going to, I'm going to push through this so that I can be, be present. You know, I was, I was sitting in church and had my kids kind of around me during worship and thinking if I take this contract position and I go back and I kind of work for the machine, you know, make, make good money. I'm going to miss, you know, 12 to 16 of these Sundays with my family routinely. And I, I can't go back to that. This is this is where I need to be. This is this is who I need to be with. Um, I just I just got to get better. Um, so, you know, I, probably a a good 
a ton of things there now for you to attack and go deep on. Uh, but in a summary that, you know, I got out of the military in 2016 and have been, you know, in a, a number of small businesses that are, are now very successful, you, you know, kind of was a, was a cherry on top for my transition story to go through the last year um, with, with the, the global crisis that was, was going on and, and to be profitable and, and to be growing in some industries and seeing kind of uh, the freedom, uh, financial freedom that our family had carved out from the last four or four and a half years of, of sweat equity and hard work, and then, and then able to weather the storm financially as a household and to thrive during, during those times. And then is kind of why I am launching this, this kind of more public aspect of, of highlighting my story and what we're doing because I, that was not the case for a lot of people. A lot of people that felt secure because they had that W-2, because they had that long corporate job, um, because you know they had these rhythms where their kids were going off to school, where they're, you know, all these kind of rhythms that we had established societally were upended. And, and, and was hard for a lot of people and, and life literally just didn't change for our family. You know, like it's our, we had a couple Sundays where we did the, the virtual church and then we did some parking lot services locally. Aside from that, our, you know, our kids kind of wouldn't have known what was even going on. And, and it was a, a great time of growth. And I, I just really want to highlight, you know, it wasn't a master plan that my wife and I had. We just kind of felt called to be more faithful on the home front and then just kind of did the next thing and then just for God to show us, uh, you know, see, even though it was hard, you built something that can kind of weather some of these storms and to talk about that with fellow people that are struggling and, and, and not what I did, not because I had this master plan, but just because I, I kind of chartered a path and was faithful in the day to day, even though I was terrible at it at the beginning and just stayed with it. And, and how kind of that's a, a, something anyone can do um, and, and, and push through. Yeah, yeah. And that's really inspiring uh, that, you know, uh, like we someone might look at a picture right now that looks like oh, success and going well and, and, and beating the odds. But that there was just a lot of steps of faith behind that. And that's something mm-hmm. that we can all identify with for sure. Uh, so now you're uh, you're a family man. You're at home helping to raise the raise the kids, uh, and and you guys have five kids. You said five kids, right? yes, five kids. Yep. And you're a small business owner. That's a pretty big lifestyle change from what you were doing not that long ago. You know, I think for most of us, and really myself included, uh, we don't even understand what a gigantic shift that was uh, going from a special operations lifestyle to small business owner, family man. Uh, can you just try to help us like color in, uh, fill in some of the gaps there? What was, what is the lifestyle of a special operations soldier look like uh, compared mm-hmm. to what you're living now? Well, I, I had um, a pretty consistent schedule um, for the entirety of my uh, service, my deployments, um, were are, were typically shorter than a, a conventional soldier in special operations. So our, our deployment schedules range from from ninety days to um, four and a half months, um, kind of being the longest combat trip 
that that um, I went on. So um, in the in the cycle of 90 days, every 90 days, we kind of had uh, 90 days gone, 180 back in the states, um, and then we kind of shifted to a, a four and a half months with a with around a year dwell time back um, in the states. So there's some kind of changeover between who's forward doing the the mission, and you kind of have two weeks kind of on the front end and back end where you're transitioning the the incoming and outgoing units for responsibility. So consistently, you know, four months to to three months uh, of of deployment time per year, about, and then about that same amount of time training in a way as well. So pretty consistently, a six month to eight months of gone time a year, um, and for fourteen years, and the 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 six months or the three you know two to three months of training within that year that you're back wouldn't be all at one time. It'd be two week stints here, ten days there, five days out, kind of going for kind of these specialized skill sets and training in different environments to prepare kind of for what what um, combat kind of things were. So the, the, and, and not really a whole lot of control over when you're gone and, and, you know, the calendar kind of gets put out. This is, this is what we've, we've blocked off as this is where this training trip's going to be. So you kind of have a little bit of knowledge and that flow of what's going to happen, but, but not a whole lot of control. You kind of take, take what you get, um, in those, those times. Um, one of the things that, that you do get though, is, is, you know, the army gives you a, a month of leave, paid leave every year. Um, so, so of those three to five month period that you're back, you're kind of off a month of that. Um, you're also get some of those federal holidays that that typically a four day weekend. So there's a lot of, of more downtime in those three to five months that you're back than what a typical, you know, nine to five type employee would experience. And, um, you know, the way that we kind of filled those as a family is, is we, we bought old houses and fixed them up. So a lot of my leave was was not on vacation and, and you know, resorts and cruises and things. So some, sometimes that's not really the easiest thing to pull off when you got young kids anyway. Um, it's, it's, it ends up being more stressful than it is uh, beneficial. So we, we kind of, we, we just wanted to live in a, in a kind of the center of town. And, and I grew up working on houses with my dad whenever my mom was pregnant with the the seventh kid, my younger brother, um, we bought a three bedroom house, added seventeen hundred square feet to it. My father and I did over about two and a half year period of, of Saturdays and Friday nights, and so that's where I kind of gained my um, mechanical um, mastery, um, if you will, and, and understanding kind of that mm-hmm. that you can figure this stuff out. Um, my dad was an engineer. He didn't really have a whole lot of experience in in a residential construction, but and it's kind of was before YouTube. But he bought a kind of a encyclopedia of 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 trades and kind of how walls are built and kind of just you know started uh, self taught. Um, resourced local friend, friends that were general contractors uh, that had friends that had mm-hmm. you know plumbing you know and started asking questions and. And, you know, the reality is, is that a lot of these people are experts and like to talk about what what they know. And if you're you know respectful of their time and you have relationship, there's these opportunities to kind of share 
skill sets. And so my dad just figured it out. Um, you know, already had a mechanical engineering background and a, in a self taught mm -hmm. kind of methodology, um, worked his way through college, you know, just really bootstrapped kind of that. And, and I just kind of grew up in that environment watching my dad, you know, when the permit official was kind of like, well, we can't do that. And he's like, well, why, you know, what about this? And just asking questions. And, 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 and one of the things that I feel like is, is, is fundamental to what I got growing up was to just not take no for an answer. Um, you know, well, why is it no? Okay. What's the policy? And my, my dad is, is, is the king of, of kind of entering into these bureaucratic things and understanding, you know, why this is the policy, what is the, you know, and, and, and not even in a challenging way, but just, you know, and there's, there's some ways as like a homeowner, I'm doing this for my family. I'm just trying to figure this out and, and you can get, you know, build these teams and have these relationships and, and achieve kind of these end states. And, and so I literally like, it was actually pretty hard for me to go from that homeschool, you know, master of my time. In some senses, I was able to, to do my math lessons uh, early on so that I could have Friday off to go play with my best friend. And, and so I had this kind of ability to achieve a result, but not necessarily based on time. And then I had this, this household culture of, of can do and figure it out. And then kind of got dropped into this very rigid institution of, of the military and this, like, you're going to stand here and mm -hmm. in your, in your kit until midnight because, you know, because you need to know the pain and you need to be disciplined, you know, and just being kind of like, what the heck? And that, and, and, and a blessing was able to kind of make my way right into Ranger Battalion and, and continue to progress kind of to the tip of the spear in special operations. So the least aspect of that, that's the only part of the military probably where I could have, could have, and I even there drove all my bosses crazy, you know, just because of how I was just, you know, all over the place and trying to figure these things out, not taking, you know, just, just stop it. You know, like they said, no, I was like, well, you know, the mission says this and, and not, and learning kind of having to learn these people skills of, 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 you know, not just bulling a China shop ramming right through, you know, and, yeah. and learning how to kind of relate to, to my leadership and, 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 and assimilate culturally in some ways, but then also operate within effectively um, all those kind of training things that I got in my childhood and then working kind of is, is, has, has made me effective now as a business owner. And as I come into contact with different entities and communities and, 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 you know, subcontractors and uh, city officials and, and different things like that, it's just, you know, I, I have, such a more depth of understanding of how kind of how these organizations function, but then also how to, to, to speak to these people and their position and what they're up, you know, their, their, why they would object to what I'm doing. Um, so, so I guess like, you know, I kind of talked about what that looked like lifestyle wise. Then I went to, you know, nothing at all. So what was really hard for me is, is even though I was kind of operating within, I just, I had kind of these marching orders that were given to me, you know, when to show up, here's kind of what we're doing. Here's what the training calendar, these are kind of the objectives that we're trying to achieve today. This is the, the overarching kind of support, but then all that went away too, when I got out. Yeah. So I now had to define, you know, where are we going with our businesses? Where are, what, you know, in that, that kind of just overnight, immediately no input no nobody driving 
And then the reality that I can wreck myself chasing after all these different great ideas, you know, an entrepreneur yeah. loves, loves this, you know, and that's my, I, you know, I've read books that say, you know, you need to be kind of equal parts manager, leader, and, and entrepreneur, um, or technician, manager, technician, entrepreneur. So you got the, the, the ability to do it, manage it, and then the risk taking. And I'm kind of off the charts on the risk taking side of it and, and, you know, have the technical stuff. Um, but then to kind of break it down and manage the tasks and, and be consistent at it, like that initially wrecked me. And I did a lot of kind of started my construction business, but then did, some contract work where I went to Puerto Rico after the hurricane and was kind of security and logistical advisor right after the hurricane hit for, for AT&T. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, you know, used some of these, you know, um, outside the U S you know, in, in a, a, in a lot of ways, no power, more third world experience after a hurricane. Um, you know, but then my business suffered because I was gone for three weeks and it was exciting and I was good at that and I wanted to go and I got paid well. But then realizing that me chasing that kind of shiny object and that thing that's kind of sporadic actually hurt my consistent business and having to kind of learn to say, no, I can't really go after any of these, you know, other things as much as it would be fun, as much as it, it's lucrative in, in the short term, realizing its cost in the long term to these generational things that I'm trying to build locally. And, and, yeah. and that it, a lot of times it's not fun. It's not glorious. It's, it's, it's mundane. And, and when you have control of your life and you can be like, man, I'm going to go find, have some fun over here and, and you can kind of run away from responsibility in ways that you shouldn't. And that equal, mm you know, stag stagnation of your, your business's growth and your, your family's growth, because it's, it's fun to do today, but it doesn't equate to the pl- the master plan. So, and that's something, honestly, I'm still yeah. really working on. Um, and, and even as I build out this, the spearing brand and the, the speaking side of it and the, the, the is, is to, is the continue as I do that remaining faithful to the businesses that I have, the clients that I have, mostly for an authenticity standpoint. Like I, I need to continue to grow myself as a businessman. I need to continue to develop these skills. And, and I, I can't speak about that um, if, if I'm not really actually practicing it in my community, in my home. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, going right off of that, then being someone who is, uh, you have a wide variety of interests and, you know, you said that, uh, yeah, I, I hear something that sounds really similar to what I experience a lot where I, I feel like, oh yeah, I see a lot of shiny things. I want to run after all of them at once. Uh, so being someone who has a lot of interest, you have a wide skill set. Uh, you've got, uh, various different opportunities before you, some of them exciting or some maybe not so exciting. Uh, how do you discern? through all these different opportunities and, and which ones of them are, uh, maybe this one's God's calling. Maybe this one isn't, uh, but what, what is your, and I know you said you're still working on it, but what does mm-hmm. your discernment process look like for working through these various opportunities that might come up before you? Well, I think that we started the construction company kind of, um, I think, you know, I may have talked about this before and in, in other times, but you know, we, my wife and I closed on a, 8,300 square foot historic mansion 
two days prior to leaving the military. So we, we kind of, uh, we had a, you know, uh, uh, historic property that we had kind of completed. We did a cash out refinance, um, had a, had a good chunk of change from that refinance at a real low interest rate. We immediately sunk half of that into this down payment for this mansion. We kind of had a little bit of a nest egg over off the side. And then kind of two days prior to getting out of the military, I found out that I was going to have to repay my reenlistment bonus that I had taken. I knew I was going to have to repay it. I just thought it was going to be over time, um, kind of as a, a fixed interest rate. Hey, you didn't serve a full portion of your enlistment. You got out early of that because I had a five-year commitment starting a few years prior to me getting out. So I knew kind of how much I owed the Army. And I thought that I was going to make monthly payments on that. And I was like, this is kind of seed capital for my entrepreneurial endeavors. I got this historic mansion. We're going to turn it into a short-term rental. And I got this money and it's going to kind of allow me to focus on, on this particular real estate investment. And, and then we found out that the military, I would have to contact kind of the defense department, have them issue me a corrected W-2 and it was going to get treated as forgiven debt at my first tax return. So I was going to have to pay taxes on that, that debt that I owed to the army first, first tax cycle. So I, I essentially was looking at a, you know, the, the amount that I, I owed the military was just short of $40,000. Um, and so I was like, okay, I'm going to have to pay, you know, of taxes on that. And then I'm still gonna have to pay it back over time. You know, and my wife and I just, wow. I, I remember having this conversation. Like we just basically, um, our debt servicing now was about five grand a month now. Um, you know, and, and, and we had, uh, you know, $80,000 in the bank, $90,000 in the bank at the time. Now I'm going to have to write a check for about half of that, you know, day one with all this <laughs> debt servicing now, five kids, no job. And it's kind of like I, I had this, I perceived a runway to kind of, figure it out financially and God saw fit to, 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 to take that, that security and money away from me. Um, and, yeah. and just having that conversation with my wife, it's like, we, we have the money though. Like this is, this is a, actually a benefit because what if we didn't have the money and we're going in now it's December, getting out of the military, we're going into tax season and we owe the IRS, you know, $10,000, $15,000 we don't even have now. We have these, like, we actually have it cashed right now. Let's write the check. Let's be done. Let's be free from, from the government owning, you know, part of us and, and this, and, and it's going to hurt. Um, and so, and I started, so got out the, the first of December, formed my construction company, LLC, like, I think it was like the fifth or the sixth, a couple days later, wrote this check. Took twenty thousand dollars, bought a truck. So we're we're sitting at about twenty thousand dollars now, you know, with all this debt servicing and and we had one rental unit and we basically busted our rear ends to move into the mansion um, without air conditioning or heat. Um, mm -hmm. Got one or two bathrooms working. Had kind of all the original plumbing, all the original electrical, all this. So like, all right, we're gonna get two bathrooms working. We're gonna move into one bedroom. And, and then we can start renting the other unit of this duplex that we have. So that'll get us some cash flow there. That'll, that'll give us a little bit more cushion. And then I'm going to have to start making money in construction. So in a lot of ways, a reactive move. 
just understanding, okay, I got to get to work. I got to actually start working for clients instead of kind of on my own deals. And, and, and God had a plan in that, in the sense that, that he, he wanted me to learn business. He wanted me to understand how much I needed to learn. And he just took away kind of this financial security that I was, was in an idol in a way personally, and then threw me into a situation where I had to now make money and, um, and, and learn and grow, uh, immediately instead of kind of, uh, oh, I got a year, we'll work on this house, whatever. And I, in reality, looking back, I think that, that I would have just kind of delayed learning the lessons I needed to learn with that cushion. It would just given me this apathy. I wouldn't have been, been as, as diligent with my time. Um, and now that I, I've kind of learned, the reality is, is, is business education and, and, and small business education is transferable to different industries, like understanding that you have to provide a, a near perfect product that, that even just a perfect product isn't, isn't good enough. You also have to, to relate to your customers correctly and understand, you know, what they want and, and communicate what you're doing for them and the marketing and the sales and then you managing your 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 cash flow and 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 bookkeeping and taxes and 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 there're just so many hilarious ignorant moments that I had as an individual you know going hey I'm going to file a tax extension this year and and then I'll you know literally like not realizing that I still had to write a check for my taxes in April when I did my extension, like thinking, Oh, I'm good. No, you got to write your check. Now it's an estimate of what you owe and, and not having it even in my bank account, like having some stuff about to come in and being like, Oh, I'm going to, I got to write this check and send it. And I got to, I got to, you know, two or three days to kind of close out some projects so that my tax check doesn't bounce in the bank yeah. account. Like in my first year, you know, kind of out in business and, and literally like these it's just, you know, my accountant is, is, is a saint. And, and in some ways I'm, I'm just, I provide maybe a, a lot of entertainment in what may normally be a dull landscape for him. Uh, so we have a great relationship, you know, and yeah. he's, he's, a, he's become a trusted advisor, but then, you know, this reward of, of building the team, and, and kind of seeing fruits of your effort. And one of the things that I, one of my, my plumber is a, is a Christian and, and was in the industry for the, the construction industry for, for 12, 14 years or whatever, whenever I entered kind of the picture. And he, he just was telling me, Nate, it's like, it's like an orchard, you know, you're planting and you're not going to harvest something for five to seven years uh, mm. after, after planting. Like there's not a lot of fruit on the trees in the beginning. And you jumped into an industry that was ex is extremely difficult, and and to you know, so I, I have all these things, you know, and now as I'm getting um, kind of through that and really understanding that there's just value in continuing to be faithful, even though it wasn't something that I planned. This is the business I have. This is the business that 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 I started. That I did. I have. I'm offering a service and a product to in in a time right now. I mean, the, the business industry is booming. Uh, despite uh, all the different things, and and there's just a tremendous opportunity to continue to be profitable there. So there's there's this it's you know that transition that between necessarily like it's not my passion, but it's my responsibility right now. I'm running a business. It's it's turning a good it's turning a profit. Um, God is is blessing it, 
and and to instead of of saying it's not necessarily plucking the passion strings here uh, you know but it's it's it is valuable i have you know people working for me i have relationships you know the ability to go into a client's home and and understand really the theology of the home even though they may or may not be a, a believer to 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 see you know we, we we talk about creating spaces that enable community and fellowship and that that resonates with anyone you know and so kind of coming into people's homes being in there for nine to nine months six months a year and saying we're going to bring the aroma of christ in through the quality of our work through our product through the way that we serve people it's not we're not cornering the homeowner after we've demoed their kitchen and 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 beat them over the head with scripture we're just going to let the quality of our work speak for it the way that we carry ourselves and even just kind of seeing how God has brought like a lot of my subcontractors are Christians that are, are working to do good work. And then just in realizing, you know, this, this isn't necessarily the, the, the business I wanted or deserve, but it's the business I have. Um, and I'm going to be faithful in it, but then also strategic now. And, and I'm trying to kind of work on what did God uniquely equip me to do and how did he equip me to bring to proclaim him and to bear his image here on this earth and the reality of of us being spiritual beings that have a soul that have the imprint of the maker that there is a, a unique responsibility to each of us that that we can image the father in a way really no one else can um and i think that 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 is is the way that I try to look at it and discern now, okay, I, I have these profitable businesses. Yeah. Um, what uniquely has the Lord equipped me to do today um, with my money, with my time, with my attention, you know, um, and, and, and how yeah. am I applying that and, in, in you know, always reforming, always growing, always bringing every thought captive um, to, to his will. And, and so there's a micro and a macro and it's not, not wrong to to kind of goal cast and project um, and 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 believe you, that the Lord is taking you someplace um, and so that's I guess kind of the things that I'm walking through right now to say okay there's a lot of there's a lot of people that can be be general contractors you know how many how many people kind of had this unique special operations experience and this mental toughness and this discipline and and kind of tenacity and perseverance. And then small business knowledge and, and knowledge of the home, and 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 how do I speak about that? And 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 I, I feel like, you know, that is something the Lord is doing. You know, like, you know, in in some way, like having um, Chris Wiley at an event that I did in and talking about tending our gardens and defending them, asked me to be on his podcast and to just then that leads to this relationship between you and I to, to discuss these mm -hmm. things. And, and it's something that I really feel the Lord is doing. This is, this is not something I can, can conjure up except for maybe to have the first conversation or to, you know, and it was a, an investment to kind of throw an event where we discuss what is, you know, I kind of am, am working through a movement called warriors tending gardens. And it's, it's, you know, mm -hmm. proclaiming or kind of, advocating for Christians to, to what is your garden? What has the Lord given you to cultivate and to work and to do? 
and and then what are responsibilities, you know, and how does that affect different spheres of life? Um, and the, and I feel like it's 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 something that I I just have lived so um, personally and at every level of my life, and 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 there's just been learning for me personally at at every turn, and want to talk about that, and then seeing like yeah. there's there's actually people want to hear about this. It's just bizarre to me, you know, that people would pay money and come just talk with me about some of these subjects and then be excited and go back to their community and, and, and start a, a father, son workout group and Bible study where they're, they're trying to be physically fit and also be ready to defend. And then, you know, these kind of grassroots spinoffs that are happening that the Lord is doing. And, but yeah. at the same time, it's very easy for me to let that consume my whole day and to endlessly scroll on social or to do these things and to, and to have kind of these real responsibilities. And, and I think I, I defined it kind of as you have these concentric circles, you have, you know, dominion over yourself, dominion over your family, then you have your community and your church and your community. Um, so it's church and then city kind of coming from Jeremiah 29. And I think that, that men and just even anyone is has to start with dominion over yourself, your body, your soul, and your spirit. And then, then you work with your family. And then if, if you've got that together kind of in order, then you can have a ministry to the church. Then you mm -hmm. can take the church can now take the gospel to the city. And, yeah. and if, like a church that's in, in disorder and there's strife and there's things going on within in their walls is not ready to go and launch an evangelism thing out of fracturedness within, you know, there's always going to be relational things we're working through, but by and large, we focus on getting our house right. And we see that in these calls, you know, what is the, the requirements for leadership in the church and these things that are kind of set out it's itself, it's your family. And then yeah. now you can, you can minister to others. And I think, you know, for me, what I saw in my story was I was really awesome at being a special operations soldier. I was, the, was among the, the best in the world and, and I could shoot and I could spree fall from 25,000 feet and I could, you know, knew all like just had this mastery and this skill set, but I, I was not being a, a patient father or I didn't have the capacity to be a patient father for 365 days straight. So, you know, that, that reality that, that we have to take every thought captive. And I think men are really good at hiding out where we're good at stuff. We're really good at, at, at not being a, a faithful husband and father, but then we got eight hours a day. We get to kind of escape and, and wrap ourselves in the, I'm climbing the corporate ladder and, and we say, oh, yeah. we're putting food on the table. And there's all these good things that we're doing and, and there are benefits from that. But in a way where we're kind of jumping and running from these different responsibilities on a personal level. So, I, you know, I did that. Um, and and I, I, I was exceptional in some areas of my life, but a truly exceptional person. And every Christian should be running into those areas that we, we don't excel at and, and letting Christ uh, change that and, and not shy away from it because Jesus 
uh, has has provided a reason to not be shameful about that, um, but also demands obedience and demands us to be getting better. And and I think just as a church as a whole, we have the answers. We we in Scripture, um, our our God came to earth and walked this out before and showed us an example. And we're just not doing it faithfully in every area. And so the people are able to, from the outside, are able to point and say, you know, you're a hypocrite here. And, and, and yes, we are. Are we able to repent for that? Um, and, and, and just really being aware because of this last, you know, three to five years that God's had to bring me through how, how that has been true about me in so many ways. Um, and, and, but that there's, you know, even, even being in the military, having guys come up to me like, man, dude, I thought you were a Christian, you know, and being like, wow, I just had, you know, a heathen call me out for not being uh, a Christian because of that, that soul testifying to the truth or that kind of evangelical stuff that's mixed kind of in America still, but then having that opportunity to be like, you're right, dude, that was wrong. Um, you know, believe it or not, even a Christian messes up and, and I appreciate you bringing that to me. And, and it, that, that's pretty disgusting, you know, and even just re- providing them an opportunity to show what repentance and, and acknowledging our, our faults, even when it stings, um, that's, that's where a Christian shines, you know, um, forgiveness, restitution, those are, those are things that, that we should be doing so much better than anyone else out there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think, uh, I, I definitely want to talk about some of the things that you're doing with warriors in the garden and, and the spearing brand and so on, you know, but one of the things, some of the themes I'm hearing in your story, um, are, you know, the issue of calling and mm-hmm. you perceiving a calling on your life, uh, several years ago, going back in that decision to make this huge career change and lifestyle change, going from the military to being a small business owner, contractor, you know, full-time family man. Uh, and, and I really love what you were saying whenever you were talking about uh, trying to discern uh, between opportunities, not just with like, is this a good or bad opportunity? Will this make me a lot of money or just, or no, or a little bit of money? Most often we have, uh, it's not black and white. We don't have like, oh, here's a great one and here's a bad one. It's you've got mm-hmm. multiple decent options. And so you have to take into the question the, the issue of calling, which mm-hmm. are things which you're getting at where you're saying, well, what has God made me to do? Mm-hmm. What has he been doing and the experience he's been, experiences he's been taking me through in my life and the way that he's wired me? Uh, and, and then where does that line up best with the opportunities that are before me? And I think that's something that just w- we don't use or consider very often when, when trying to filter through and discern through uh, various, various callings or, or opportunities that we have in our life. And, you know, and then another thing that I, I'm hearing as a theme is, um, is being pointed in that right direction, which I think is like the calling part, uh, mm-hmm. and then taking risks and trusting in God to bring about the results. I think that so many Christians today get stuck living these, uh, yeah, I'm not even sure what the best word is for it off the top of my head. Uh, but, but get stuck living these lives that aren't producing much fruit, if you want to put it that way, whether it's spiritual fruit, uh, fruit for in, in terms of just, you know, abundance for their families and, and whatnot, uh, because 
they dream about doing these things and maybe they're somewhat pointed in a direction, but then they're waiting for everything to perfectly line up for the absolute right door to fling open before them and for them to feel perfectly equipped and, and everything else. Uh, in other words, to take risk out of the picture completely mm-hmm. rather than just taking those steps in faith. And that's what I was hearing in your story. We were talking about how <laughs> this went wrong and that went wrong and we had to pay the government this much and, it, you know, and then this fell out from underneath us. Uh, but you just kept taking those those steps of faith and kept yeah. doing uh, what you knew to be right in the moment, you know. And uh, and I think about the parable of the talents. And Jesus goes to the last servant who didn't do anything with the talent. He just buried it in the ground. And he calls him a wicked servant. And I think that that's always kind of jarred me, you know, to call him wicked. Yeah. That, that seems like harsh. A, that's all. Yeah, that's a harsh term to use for this guy. Um, until it finally dawned on me when I was studying that passage recently, that the reason he called him wicked is yes, because he chose to not take any risk. But the reason he chose to not take any risk was because he was completely centered on himself. Hmm. Whereas, you know, he, he was, he didn't want to take any risk because he was thinking, well, what's going to happen to me? Right. Rather than taking the risk with what the master had given him, uh, and then trusting in the master's commissioning going for it, right? Trying to bear fruit with it. And and that's one of the big themes that I'm hearing in your life. And I think something that you're passionate about inspiring other Christians to do in, in their lives today. And, and and I think that's one of the things you're trying to do with Warriors in the Garden. So tell us a little bit, you, you already went to it some, but tell us what, what is Warriors in the Garden and, and the Spearing brand and the vision behind it, what you're wanting to accomplish and inspiring Christians today. Yeah, it but let me speak to one thing more like clarifying on that, that calling kind of perspective. I think that we have kind of a, one you see in that, that parable, you know, there's a, a fear of what the master will say, you know, you, you sow where you, you do not plant and you're, you know, I feared that you're a, you're a harsh man, you know, like I, I didn't want to lose it. You know, I wanted you to be happy. Our heavenly father looks on us and sees the perfect blood of Jesus for those of us that are redeemed in Christ. And that is freedom to go and to do what the Lord has put on our heart. Now we don't, we're not necessarily going to get that in a dream or the parting of, of the the clouds. But if, if we're faithfully in his word and also in in some ways, the Lord has given a lot of us a, a trusted counselor as men or as women, like you, you, it's not just my decision, you know, are we, are my really, my wife is my most trusted counselor in every area of my life because she's able, I, I don't get to put anything over on her. She can cut right to the heart of it and be like, really again, like we talked about this, right. You know, and it's like, dang it. Like I thought I was going <laughs> to, you know, be able to pitch this one yeah. and she was going to see, or she says, yeah, I think that's a great idea. I think, you know, that makes sense. Let's make sure we don't yeah. forget about this. So I, I have kind of that affirmation from her and, and that, that oneness that we have to talk about it and to kind of bounce these ideas. And, and I trust in that, but also like, I think that, that if you're, you're being faithful individually and, and you, you feel that this is the next step, you know, in some ways it may just to be to like, think you're supposed to walk through that door and like it be locked and you already got momentum and your face plants up against it. And like, Oh, that door, I thought that door was the one that was going to open. I just ran right into it. 
or I got through and I fell and tripped. Like, like there's actually a lot of value in that, that failure. Um, and, and in a sense, it's market feedback. Like it didn't, uh, it didn't sell, you know, I couldn't sell a single one of them, you know, or I sold two and one was to my mom, you know, and, and there's no profit in it. And, and, and in some ways, like, it's pretty cool that in a, in a free market to see profit coming, that people don't have to give you their money and they are volunteering it and giving it to you. And that's feedback in a way that you're serving your fellow man because you're getting mm-hmm. money from them. There's a profit to it. And, and there's just a lot of value in, in that mistake and that learning. Now, I think there's a lot of ways in the way that we were able to kind of make that transition is because 10 years prior to me getting out of the military or eight years prior to me getting out of the military, we uh, bought a house. I was a fixer upper and we started to create value in, in, in other areas of our life with time that we had, discretionary time, discretionary income. We sowed that into something that would, would yield fruit. So mm-hmm. I think that, that some Christian, the Christian mindset or the inability to kind of shift careers or to, or to strike out on a new path is in a lot of ways because for decades you have not, you, you've been like, well, I paid my mortgage check. You know, I have two car payments on a really, two really nice cars check. I made those like, and you do an, an analysis of where your money's going and is it, is it yielding a return, you know, for you and, and even that town like you could have at least invested it in the bank and got interest from it, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and you did like, you didn't even get any return on that. So, you know, tithing faithfully, but then, then saying, do we have anything? And I, for us, real estate worked great because when the top, the bathroom's ripped up and you got some discretionary income, it goes to tile and I installed it myself. So there's labor. So, so that I'm, we're, we're laying equity into this home with mm-hmm. discretionary income that immediately improves our life, but that keeps us from going off and spending on other things. Um, there's ways to do that in a lot of different ways in people's lives and, and, you know, side hustles or these micro businesses or these things that you can do that will, will bring a profit and allow you to kind of learn some of these, these principles of economics and business before it's just, you know, Jesus take the wheel and, and we're bankruptcy bound, you know, and establishing things in your life. And, and even for us, that wasn't really, it literally just started as, man, we really want to live right downtown everything downtown that's done already is expensive. Oh, this house is kind of broke down. I was like, man, I could fix that up. I know I actually knew how to do that from my dad. Like what's, and I didn't know old houses. I just knew how new brand new, but it's like, all right, found a local guy. He, he kind of mentored me on how to take old windows apart, how to do kind of this craftsman. And that became my niche for construction. So I started kind of training these niche skills that I now do as a, as a historic, remodeling contractor, you know, as a enlisted guy in the military 10 years prior. And, and, and that reality is it's a longer process than three steps to being a millionaire. It's going to take 10 years. It's going to take 20 years. But at the end of that, you know, the reality, if, if you start that 10 year process at 18, you're not very old when you're financially independent. You know, my younger brother is, Mm -hmm. is kind of, uh, 
was graduating college as I kind of was getting over the hump of my entrepreneurial journey. So I kind of just gave him, here's my contracts. Here's what he, he does that. And he's, he's passing me up in his early twenties with, you know, he's not married. He's, he's, he's going after a bunch of different things and he's building his businesses early on. And he ultimately he's, he, I'm going to eclipse my dad because we got on the train about the same time potentially, mm-hmm. and he's going to eclipse both of us, you know? Um, and, and just, you know, I think that that leads into what, what I want to do with this, this warriors tending gardens. And, you know, it's, it's warriors tending gardens.com that will kind of redirect you to a sub page of the, the spearing.co website, but we're kind of exploring ways to give Christians these tools, uh, to, you know, out of my military career to, to defend, kind of have a, a readiness plan, a contingency plan for if power gets disrupted, if gas, like we see these kind of the pipeline gets hacked and there's these kind of runs on fuel. And, and these are opportunities as a, as, a, as a tactician, as somebody that's strategic in the military, I'm like, okay, this is an opportunity to ex- assess, you know, how a hacker kind of situation or, you know, disrupts the flow of, of some of this stuff. What does that happen? And and watching, watching how our community reacts, watching how the church reacts, what do we have a plan for this? You know, and, Mm -hmm. and not in a, a zombie apocalypse prepper side of it, just, just like these are, we've watched these trends with, with, with COVID, with, you know, storms with, you know, these are things that happen every year somewhere you know, yeah. in the U.S. gets hit by a storm. There's there's no power. Um, are we setting ourselves up to take care of our own families first? But then also, are we set up now when this with this crisis happens to be the ones that now offer solutions that offer home? You know, our homes are are you know to to minister to those in crisis because we've planned for ourselves and we've planned to help other people. Um, and that comes out of being profitable. That comes out of having money because you've offered valuable services and then taking that money and sowing it into the community as a business owner or going into ventures that are profitable, even when times are, you know, personally, as a family, we're starting a farm. Um, we're under contract on 20 acres. We're going to build everything out because I see that mostly because I want to have quality food for my family that we grew with our hands, opportunities for my sons to work. But then I'm hoping that we're able to figure it out um, to where we have excess and we can throw, throw cookouts and we can invite community in and we can, we can share good food around, you know, and, and my wife's kind of, and I's kind of thing is longer tables, not higher fences. So that's, that's kind of what, you know, and then, and, and what we're doing with Spear and Co., and and Warriors Tending Gardens is hopefully just to kind of document this process of us as a family, not as the example, but as a example of how God can provide, how how you know trying to be faithful in the small things um, can lead to the next small thing you're supposed to be faithful in, and and I don't know like it's it's very you know probably just even just from a podcast it's very difficult to create quality content and expensive if you want to do it well. So, you know, I've hired a brand guy 
And it's, we're working on making sure our, our, our companies, our short-term rentals, our construction businesses, our real estate investments are, are, are doing well from a brand perspective, but then also help me kind of document and craft, you know, what we're learning here for others. So the right now, you know, your listeners could go to spearing.co and sign up for our email list there. And we kind of have a general sign up at the bottom, but then we've kind of our buy for like have our audiences kind of can be segmented. So, you know, we have four different things kind of at the bottom of the website. If you have like something about my story that you, "Eh, I don't really like what this guy's saying about business or I don't know about guns and things like that, you can kind of select some of the stuff. And that's kind of we're looking at if you sign up for the general email, you're probably going to get the majority of stuff that we're rolling out. We're looking at kind of doing some events um but specifically right now what we're doing and having this conversation you know i have under in warriors warriors tending gardens.com they can actually request to book me um you know it's it, it, it not you know in a in a come over and be a speaking perspective but even just do we want to have a zoom zoom call if you got you know 15 20 guys in a small group and and you know hey let's have a conversation on some of what I just talked about, you know, I think that that's in, in a way I'm, I'm seeking to have conversation with people kind of around the country, around the world. I've actually had some, some Muslim guys reach out to me that, that were, were baptized and are, are wading through some of the cultural things like that just blows my mind that, that these tools of social media can, can unite believers across geographic kind of ways for the glory of God. So I'm I'm kind of really looking forward to just more conversation and 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 what people really feel is valuable to hear and and that's kind of what we're set up is is to have these conversations to hear from people what they feel is valuable what what specifically practically can help them where God has placed them and and to to share in a in a transparent way what God is doing in my heart and maybe as a as a vignette or as as inspiration to then go and and have dominion where he's placed you. Yeah, that's awesome. And I'm going to make make sure to link to all those uh to those websites that you mentioned. So if anyone's interested in checking out Warriors Tending Gardens or Spearing Co, uh it'll be linked in the show notes, so be sure that you guys check those things out. Uh, Nathan, we are out of time. It's been a good conversation though. And, uh, there's so many more things we could go into, but we'll save that for another time. Uh, I just want to, once again, thank you for your time today. I really appreciate it. Uh, there's been so much great, uh, insight and things that you've gained from your own experience and your, uh, your seeking to be faithful to God and obedient to his calling in your life. And so, Uh, I just want to thank you for that and the insights you've shared with us and uh, for joining us today on Filter. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening. I hope this episode provided you with biblical clarity to live with confidence in our confusing world. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating or review. To catch up the latest from me, you can go to my website, aaronchamp.com. While you're there, subscribe to my newsletter so that you can be updated anytime I share new content. You can also follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at 
Aaron M. Champ. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time. Until then, hold fast. <laughs>